Hey, what's up, everybody? This is. Oh, that was a weird. <laughs> that was a weird word. Get the motor going there. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? This is Matt. This is Wes. We play in a band called Ra Ra Riot, and you're listening to Sound Sessions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sound Sessions. Uh, it's great to see y'all here. We are with one of my favorite bands, and I was telling you before the interview that I think I've seen your name on more posters than any band. Ra Ra Riot. We have Wes Miles and Matthew Santos. What's going on, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. Hello, yeah, happy to be here. It's great to see us. So we just heard, if you were watching and listening, uh, one of your new songs, which um, Bad to Worse, which I've been spinning probably for the last week or so. Like awesome. That. Oh my god. Gosh, the vibe on it is so chill. It's such a great <laughs> song. Where did the inspiration and and this kind of vibe come from? With uh, you got the new album coming out, Super Bloom. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, this this song, Bad to Worse, kind of well, it came out of some of the same sessions that um, Ross Tim and I wrote Water, our last our single for our last record, and uh, but it was kind of a, a last minute. Thing we finished for this record so it was like a long time stewing and percolating um uh but it kind of it was inspired by us kind of taking similar parallel uh really long trips to new england and you know we both um have like you know re- different reasons to go to the cape but uh you know we were talking about these long trips and how it feels when you leave and uh how it you know feels like a different place when you get there maybe like a you know you feel like you've you've changed or something on on a long road trip or you know seeing the world and in the side view mirrors and stuff like that so it's a little bit about that it's a little bit about um you know just just growing up i guess too so yeah yeah, so you mentioned working with Rostam who is in the band Vampire Weekend, a pretty well-known guy in the music industry. What kind of advice or insight did he share when you were going through this writing process? Well, yeah, he's been like a long-time collaborator of ours. We were just talking about yesterday actually. And I'd forgotten he was he's been involved in every one of our records and like, you know, some part of it, uh, even our first record, there's like a few um tracks that he helped like arrange or uh, you know, had just songwriting advice for us or, you know, uh, but for this record, it was kind of like, um, well, we wrote those two songs together and, um, yeah, I just think he's, he's got a unique perspective, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to quantify, but, uh, he always knows how to get my, um, uh, like the best takes out of me. He knows how to like get, um, you know, I think best takes out of all the, band members you know everything that we're doing so what did he need to do to put you in that right kind of mindset because i know as a musician myself it's kind of vulnerable to be put in that position where you're taking a piece of your artwork or a song that you just toiled over in your bedroom and bringing it to somebody and saying hey could you fix this because it's a very personal thing writing and creating music so what did he need to do to rattle that cage to get that kind of great performance out of you well it's not necessarily about comfort you know it's like it can be partly about just getting you out of your comfort zone um and 
you know, being vulnerable can be a really good thing. I, I think a lot of the vocals on the songs that we do with him, um, those are like first or second takes, wow. you know, like, and it, it's kind of, maybe it sounds strange to be like, Oh, you just do one take and that's it. Like, aren't you going to try and beat it? But there's something special. I think when you're trying to figure out what you're doing and, you know, you have the excitement of like, Oh, I like this thing that we've written. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how does it feel coming out? And, and maybe that's a more vulnerable thing and that works with the rest of the vibe, you know, kind of like a, a a really warm, uh, sonically song and, a you know, like synthesizers and, you know, like he likes to tell Becca to play quietly, you know, just like really barely touching the strings. So it's just like, it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think would be like, you know, it's not like, Hey, do it again, but calmer, you know, or more comfortable, you know, it's like yeah. stuff like that. So, um, so we were talking a little bit before the interview too, about preparation for singing. Uh, and we were, we were talking about our favorite drinks that we have on tour and off tour. Um, now, uh, Matthew, your favorite drink, I, it sounded very interesting. We're, uh, I don't know if you want to put it on tape, but your favorite drink, the Negroni. Negroni. Yeah. It's classic, a uh, classic staple. Yeah. I love the Negroni any time of year, any time of day. Okay. You know, not so much in the morning, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a weekend, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, a whole different thing. Yeah. You, when you guys, you're, uh, what town are you guys from, by the way? Where'd you get your whole start and everything? Well, the, um, the band, we, we started in college at Syracuse University, so mm-hmm. far upstate New York. Um, now most of the band lives in uh, Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're from sort of scattered throughout the Northeast. Like uh, Wes is from New Jersey. I'm from Massachusetts originally. So Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I love uh, that part of the, the, the country and... Um it's it's such just like a a laid back but kind of a you get one shot and that's it kind of vibe. I, I feel like that's it. You get one shot to be nice and that's it. Uh, I was told by that from a friend from Philadelphia one time. He's oh, yeah. like, <laughs> um, but I was wondering. They didn't know about to be nice down there. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back home or anything, are there any bars or any or any places you go to and they're just like, oh look, it's Matthew. He's back. Get him the Negroni. <laughs> uh, no, sadly, we we're not really regulars anywhere right there's like yeah, bars that we like going to in brooklyn a lot but yeah we don't go to them often enough yeah a few good ones have closed too mm-hmm. yeah um and then there's like my favorite towny bar back in my hometown mm-hmm. which it's too sacred to even speak its name oh wow anyways, <laughs> but um it's like um it's like a fisherman's bar so yeah. it opens up early because i live i grew up in this like a uh, coastal like um like seaport town it's still a super active uh commercial fishing city so yeah this bar is basically for like you know the fishermen who get back from their like four weeks out and they just have like a ton of cash on them from their trip so they come to the bar you know like the <laughs> ship gets back at like 6 a.m they go straight to the bar so yeah it's open at like all kinds of crazy hours and that's one of the toughest characters. jobs in the world is being yeah. a commercial fisherman mm-hmm. just imagine what kind of stuff they drink like what like <laughs> yeah. turpentine yeah, who knows? Some strange boat brews that they whip up out there. And yeah, a couple of my old friends too do uh, work on the scallop boats. Wow! So I'll have to ask. No, that's, that's what they what they do. It's mis- <laughs> mysterious to me. 
<laughs> always, it's always, yeah, I have this like romantic idea. I'm like, one day, you know, I, I'm going to leave the music industry behind and go home and be a fisherman or something. But was it, Would you actually consider doing that if, if everything went to hell with music? I mean, it seems romantic, but it, probably I, w- I don't, don't feel like I'd be welcomed by the <laughs> community. I don't, I don't think you're cut out for that work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm cut out for traveling at weeks at a time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The t- yeah. I mean, the tour is is massive. Uh, before we dive into that, though, Wes, what's your what's your go to drink on the road and and off the off tour? Okay, well, we'll start with the off tour. Probably, uh, actually, well, let's start on on the road. That's easier because it's just water. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, room temperature. No yeah, no ice water is my basically only drink okay. on on tour uh just to save my voice. Um now that's fair so you don't go hot. You don't go ice. Yeah. Yeah, cuz tea can, you know, can scald your your cords if you're not careful. So you ever your steam your voice before you get on? Yes, that's I, like a- I have I did that this morning actually for the TV session. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh yeah, that I do occasionally, but yeah, it's you know, it's like a lot of like dietary restrictions like, you know, chocolate's bad. Mm-hmm. Caffeine's bad, alcohol's bad, but I do all of these things before I play. <laughs> by the way, so this and is I'll do good. them all at the end of the tour, but <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think maybe I I love a good Champs Elysees, which what is like a is which is a drink I've only had a few times, and that's probably why it's still my one of my favorites. Uh, I, I think it's with like green chartreuse and. Um, some it's like a uh, lime juice and I don't know some other stuff. I'm not a bartender, but it's uh, <laughs> don't ask me these hard questions. Yeah. It's cool. just a it's a kind of a fancy. It's a drink for a fancy lad, which yeah, you know if, when I get off tour, I feel like um, that or an April spritz, great summertime drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. so what what it, to a Negroni. Yeah, it is kind of closer to Negroni. It's like yeah, a, the, the key is you have to mix the April with Campari. You gotta get an April Campari spritz because that that cuts a little bit. All right, all right. <laughs> you, you had your favorite drink already. Let me. But light. <laughs> yeah, that's his real favorite drink. Oh, uh, this is all just an elaborate ruse. It's like the yeah. Champs Elysees. Like we yeah. see you guys on tour. It's just Bud Light sponsorships <laughs> for the next. <laughs> if you take off that heart, it's actually just a Bud Light hat the entire time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you guys are going on this massive tour um, with Third Eye Blind and and uh, Jimmy World. Uh, I mean, two of the biggest bands in all of the '90s. They yeah. the songs still stick with us today. I read an interesting quote, and we're going to take it back a, a little '90s because you guys kind of bring a little youth to this uh, to this tour, which is good. But there's something about '90s music um, that kind of lasted the test of time. I think that. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray was quoted by saying, the 1980s, the music was seemed good until Nirvana came around, and then everything from the 80s became a joke, but then everything post-Nirvana became, you know, just synonymous with just good music. And he listened back to some of the 90s albums this year today, even Britney Spears, and all these songs are still lasting the test of time. You put them on, and people can get down to them and really enjoy them, but nobody's going to be like, you know what, Wright said Fred, that's my go-to band. I didn't get the tattoo for a reason, you know? <laughs> what is it about, like, 90s music that kind of sticks around? Because I can see a little bit of influence in your music as well. Yeah, I don't know exactly why, but... 
I mean, I think there's just always good music. I I disagree with uh, Mr. McGrath on the <laughs> fact that it, on the, the you're gonna be the it, first. Yeah, <laughs> that, that '80s music uh, is a joke, but uh, I just think there's always good music, and probably people. Um, it maybe it just takes time for people to realize like what really was the best version of you know a decades like style or something mm-hmm. um but we still listen to 80s and 90s music uh like you know janet jackson and um you know 90s uh era u2 <laughs> and uh yeah and bands like third eye blind and uh well actually i was really into pavement that was like my big pavement uh, yeah that was my big 90s band um I was like obsessed. I listened to all their records, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like they made a small comeback uh, a few years ago. Uh, oh yeah, a teeny yeah. Because I was speaking to another artist who, who was mentioning that their love for pavement too. Yeah. Um, now you're playing with Third Eye Blind. You're playing yeah. with these with these great bands. Uh, do you ever do you ever cover any of their songs before their sets? Just to, like no, no. That would like that. that would be rather rude. I think <laughs> we've talked about doing that hypothetically for other like opening slots, but, uh, I remain opposed. I think, I think if someone was opening for us and played one of our songs, um, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would think it was cute or something, mm. but mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard. Matt, Matt's a, <laughs> well, yeah, we, I'm a proponent of this. Well, we, we were, the hypothetical conversation we mentioned was, um, yeah, I'm not a singer <laughs> was, um, we're, just last night we were talking about like, you know, getting these great support slots and we're like, what's next? What's like the dream support slot? And we're like, obviously, you know, opening for you too is probably on the horizon for us. And, uh, <laughs> so we're like, and so we've done a couple of you two covers before. So we're like, yeah. in that case, could we play, could we play two hearts beat as one or, Ooh. um, before the set, but you know, we'd have to clear it with, um, with Paul and Dave and, Adam and Larry first. Um, I literally thought you were going to say Bono and the Edge first. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I did. Oh, oh I, I, I used already the proper names, so I was just showing off a little bit. But um, yeah, we'd, we'd run it by them, and if they were going to play it, then of course it would be it'd be a no go. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think it could work in the right circumstances, but it's it's a dicey proposition for sure. No, I, I dig that. I dig that. Do you guys ever think about? the kind of a popular uh mindset that goes around today it's it's putting things out into the universe and letting them happen like do you ever think that if you just put out the fact that you wanted to, to open up for you two one day that it might happen now that you just dropped it on on the sound sessions podcast yeah i i am uh i believe in that kind of uh actualization <laughs> kind of thing it's like you were telling us story about jim carrey yesterday yeah yeah it's a big big principle in my life yeah jim carrey how he wrote when he was like struggling and early in his career as like a stand-up or uh you know whatever he uh he like wrote a check to himself for a million dollars and just kept it in his pocket until it was cashable i was like that's cool that's cool he's on to something um but yeah i think um in my life the best example of that happening was when i we were doing an interview. I was doing an interview for a Dallas area mm-hmm. uh, publication, and I mentioned oh, yeah. they're like, "What are you going to do on your day off in Dallas?" I was like, "I don't know. Hopefully, go to a Stars game because I love hockey." And then we all got like a a luxury box. You know, they like hooked it up because someone, really? someone, the right person heard it. So yeah, so it works. Yeah. Well, you, so you know, we so if Bono, <laughs> you're listening. He, he he loves this podcast. He writes into it <laughs> nearly every week. 
yeah, yeah. We would, it would be a great honor to share the road well that's it see to someday I mean that's 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 just awesome. So they would be your go-to band that you'd want to open up for because you do have a few headlining dates too that you're taking on this tour. So, but you too, yeah. I mean, you know, we've already opened for some of our all-time favorite, most respected bands. Like we did the we did a few tours with Death Cab for Cutie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the Postal Service. We did Shins Run, and now yeah, like opening for these bands. Like like we were just saying, particularly yeah, Third Eye Blind for me it was like one of my first favorite bands ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I didn't really know what's what's left after this. <laughs> yeah, headlining, yeah. headlining uh, tours would be great. Uh-huh. Sure, well, yeah. well you, which we will be doing, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you've been playing for for such a long time. I mean, it's been it's been years in the making with the band. What is like the next thing you want to do? I mean, put out the new album that's coming out, Super Bloom, when it's when it blows up. Um, is is the next goal to be headlining, or, or or what's like that one moment when you're gonna be like you're gonna look back and say, "Wow, you know, we we made it. Like this music thing is really working out for us, and this is this is a great thing." I'm, or have you already had that moment? Well, yeah, I think you know you have it on different levels. You know, I think there's always like a dangling carrot ahead of you, as like we've been saying. Um, so. There's 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 been a lot of moments that we look back on now, like you know when we just put out the ten year reissue of our first record, that was like wow we've been around for a while, um, and you know feel pretty lucky that we have been around this so long, uh, but then you know especially touring with these bands now they've been around for almost twice as long or maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just like, well, we, you know, we hope that we can be around for that much longer, you know, twice as long as we are now and, and still feel as, as, uh, you know, like hungry and, uh, passionate and, and everything about what we're doing and have a lot more music to make. Yeah. I think we still have, we still feel like we've got a lot more to accomplish. So, yeah. You know, doing doing headline more headlining tours, and uh, you know we're we're going back to Europe in uh, the late fall for the first time in like eight years, which is really great uh, to you know start reinvesting in that uh, territory. Um, so yeah, I think we just we want to be busier. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I think that's just one like general goal is to just be doing more stuff. Um, and we're psyched that our record's coming out in August, you know, just after this tour. So we'll have time to let it percolate. And then, you know, we'll come back to hopefully many of these uh, places and see who's uh, who it's stuck with. So Yeah. Well, speaking about that, your, your fan base is just so dedicated and just so awesome. And from the shows that I've been to, you guys put on the most energetic, awesome show. And Thank you, you. You really vibe with your audiences. What's do you have any moments in your touring career where somebody came up to you like and just said the thing like the thing that stuck with you? I interviewed this the band Rise Against and and um the lead singer was talking to me about how a, a soldier gave him dog collars and you know and and how that just like touched him his soul. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be dog collars, <laughs> but is there ever is there any kind of moment where or like person of personal fan experience that you're just thinking, wow, you know, it's our music is touching this person in a way that I never thought or dreamed possible. I can't think of a specific moment 
that was like you know more overwhelming than than everything else yeah. but uh for me like you know we're we're trying to be more active on like all our socials and stuff and occasionally we get emails from you know people throughout the world like real places we've never been before and they're just like oh my god we, we when are you going to come here? We're, we need to have you here. Like, you know, there's so many fans here. Um, and we want to get to all those places for sure. But also I think like, you know, playing this tour when people message us and they're like, I had never heard of you before, but I just took a risk and showed up early. Cause you know, we play at like seven o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, on this tour, uh, which is, it, it is early for some people during the week. Uh, and they're like, I never heard of it, but you know, you have a new fan and me and you know, my friends who came or whatever. Um, that feels awesome because it's like, you know, it's a, playing first of three for like big amphitheaters. Mm-hmm. It can be a tough gig because it's not full yet. It's still daylight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not sure how many fans there are, you know, there's always a few that came out and they knew us, but, uh, just, just seeing that, that people are like, you know, actually paying attention and like willing to invest their time in us in, in, you know, never having heard of us before too. So that's cool. And, um, yeah, just like talking to people after shows and stuff is just, it never gets old Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. you know? So what about you, Matthew? Uh, well, one, one specific memory I have that doesn't deal with a specific fan, but it was like a moment at one of our early shows. Cause like, we just started, you know, we basically formed as like a college band. So we were playing like, you know, lots of shows around campus, but then we started venturing out trying to book our own tours and those early shows, we would always rely on like, you know, whose cousins are coming tonight, who has like an old high school friend who can bring like some people. And so, you know, every night, yeah, yeah. So every night, you know, you'd, you'd try to fill up the room a little bit, but there was like one night when there was like some people at one of our shows and they were like singing along with some of the songs and you know afterwards we were like whose like family was that whose cousin was that and we like i was like i don't know i don't know and we were like so you you're telling me these like strangers came to see us and they like knew the song and you know and i remember being like oh this is kind of cool and that's when it first started seeming like you know like maybe uh you know we could do this more play for more people who don't know us maybe this is like a, a could actually turn into something so that was kind of exciting early on when yeah it wasn't just like yeah high school friends or something wow that must be such an exhilarating experience like the words that you came up with in your head in your bedroom uh are now sung by somebody and it means something to them too yeah Yeah, it was very exhilarating very confusing too (laughs) but um yeah very exciting do you remember the first venue that you played where like the line was out the door for you guys no, not specifically. I remember the first time we sold out Bowery Ballroom in New wow. York. And that was like, I think we sold out ahead of time. So there wasn't exactly a line out the door because it was already sold out, which was cool. But um, that was a really fun, special show because we had one record. We only played like... Well, there's the there are the ten songs on the record. Then there are two songs on our EP that weren't on the record, and then there was like one more cover. So we played all those songs, including uh, you know two of them or whatever were in an encore. And then we left again, you know, intending that to be the end of the show. But it was only you know maybe it was only like an hour or something. But you know, for a band that, with the first record, it's it seems like 
you know, that's, that's all that we could give them. And they, and I think they knew that, but they wanted something else. So they just kind of like basically demanded that we come back down and play one more song. So we had to play a song we had already played before. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, yeah, which is such a great feeling. And I, and I was like, we have no more songs and they just didn't care. You know, they just wanted more. Didn't we do like a raise your hand? We did like a crowd vote. (laughs) We voted on, uh, it was dying is fine or ghost and rocks yeah and that's what won so two red songs yeah (laughs) yeah so we played that one a second time and uh yeah it was that that's like something i'll never forget yeah that was really cool man that must be the ultimate guys (laughs) it was pretty cool so you're here in chicago as you can see you're out looking navy pier you're here in this great city in the the wgn radio studios what kind of stuff do you do while you're not on stage are you gonna hit the town do you have a favorite pizza spot here in the city yeah i mean we we love chicago you know we've been coming here now for you know 12 years yeah. passing through town so we've gotten to know it pretty well uh, we had the day off here yesterday which was nice didn't make it to the Cubs game which still has eluded us but one of these days but yeah I mean we've done a lot of things here we've taken the boat rides through the canals out into the lake we um, yesterday we went to uh, Longman and Eagle one of our favorite restaurants in town yeah nice um, there's so many great bookstores in um, in Chicago here we went to uh, Myopic Books mm-hmm yesterday and another one i always love is i think clark street or north clark street books another one of my favorite bookshops here um yeah so we've done all kinds of fun stuff i don't know if we're gonna have time to do anything else today but um it was nice to have the day here yesterday we always trying to get a day off in you know cities we like so uh yeah like i said hopefully if we're back in the fall or winter we can make it to a Hawks game too because that'd be fun. Well it's funny you mention that because the WGN is the home of the Hawks and the White Sox. Not the Cubs. We were the home of the Cubs for 90 years. Oh, We gave it up a few years ago right before they won the World Series. Bad timing on our part. (laughs) But it happens. So so if you ever want to come back let me know beforehand and we can try to hook something up. And and if my bosses are watching this uh, I'll go through you first. Trust me. (laughs) Um, Guys thanks again for joining us. This is awesome. Uh, Before I let you go, I'd like to do a quick uh, lightning round of questions, if you wouldn't mind. Um, this was come up. This came was uh, invented by our producer Ryan Pollock, who had this amazing idea of doing a little play on your name of the newest, hottest show, Raw Raw Right or Raw Raw Wrong. Um, okay, I'm going to give you guys some certain things, and I want you to let me know if you think that it's. Rah, rah, right or rah, rah, wrong? First, I'll give you an easy one. Okay. Socks with sandals. I'm not trying to be, like, cool or weird, but I think that's rah, rah, right by me. If that's how you want to dress and be comfortable, <laughs> go for it. All right. You want, oh, do you want to give your opinion on it? No, we can just... We can go <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Pineapple on pizza. Uh, I'm going to say that's rah, rah, wrong. That's <laughs> a easy one for me. I've come around to it in recent years, but uh, I'm fine uh, considering that wrong. wrong. (laughs) Okay. Men in Speedos on the beach. Well, this guy's guilty of that himself. (laughs) So that's that's very rah-rah right. Uh But yeah, absolutely. I am one of those guys. Wow. I would not have expected that. Try leopard print. 
try it. Yeah, it's great. All right. How about um, clinging trunks, all that stuff? It's just this. Nice you let it free. Me. Yeah, man. All right. We'll catch catch a glimpse of that on tour. Maybe that could be like a new merch item. Just like a you know, just like a banana hey, hammock. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. How about adults with cotton candy? Adults with cotton candy. I think that's fine. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to say rah, rah, right. I'm I'm all rah, rah, right with that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I thought you were going to say rah, rah, fine. I'm rah, rah, <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had cotton candy myself. I think we're all more concerned about our dental health <laughs> yeah. in the past few years. <laughs> than fluffy I sugar. The best, the best case would be if it was with a, a man with a huge beard. Oh, that's probably the best case. Yes, like yes, like the big motorcycle guys. Yeah, the guy from that, Tool Time back in the day. Yeah, if that guy had a uh, Al, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Al had a cotton candy, his was like kind of like trimmed though, and like yeah, sculpted. Like I'm talking like a wild like. Dynastic. Oh, yeah, like duck yeah, dynastic, duck dynastic <laughs> beard, duck dynasty. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, I feel you on that. All right, so we got we got two more here. Uh, longshore fisherman. Give this one to Matthew. Longshore fisherman. So what actually constitutes a longshoreman? You know, these are questions that are left for the audience that I don't really know the answers I'm to. I'm more of a scalloper kind of guy. <laughs> I'm in with the scallopers that run out of New Bedford. But, um, as, you know, I support all, uh, you know, we're we're kind of like kind of mostly vegetarian vegans mm-hmm. but i also you know support the uh, fishing industries as they're underappreciated and um you know it's a very tough job you know you eat your sushi it's easy to forget where that all came from so all the fishermen out there and all the fisheries you know that's that's right, right. <laughs> that was the best answer yet all right with with that great uh explanation i'll just give you an easy one here mullets the mullet in 2019. Okay. I mean, look, if you want to have a mullet, I'm not going to hold that against you. Okay. That's rah, 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 That's all rah, rah, right with me. <laughs> Socks and sandals, mullets, cotton candy, it's all good. I love it, guys. I love it. All right, last question. There's a lot of bands and people out there, not, well, not bands, but people out there, young kids who are sitting in their mom or dad's basement or they're in their bedrooms and playing their guitars or pianos or ukuleles, and they're thinking, you know, I'd love to get to the level you guys are at one day. What kind of advice would you give those kids who are sitting in their, in their houses today? Just learn your favorite songs. Just keep learning your favorite songs and, um, yeah, keep playing. That's basically it. However you want to do it, you know, I think we all took different paths to get here. Um, some like very, very trained and, you know, like Rebecca playing a classical instrument was like, you know, that's a thing you have to take really seriously in a lot of different ways. Um, not that the others of us haven't taken it seriously, but you kind of have to need, you kind of need some formal Mm -hmm. training at some level. Uh, and Matt is on the other end of the spectrum. He's a hundred percent self-taught. Wow. Uh, which is really cool because, you know, we're in a band with both of these types of people and the rest of us are sort of like in between, I think, um, in different like, uh, levels, but, uh, yeah, I would say the best advice is just just play. You know, 
there's nothing wrong with doing it by yourself and there's nothing wrong with taking lessons too. You know, I used to dread taking like saxophone lessons when I was little and piano lessons, but uh, I learned a lot from that. Um, and I think getting friends that, you know, playing with friends, playing with people that maybe share some interests, but don't share all the same interests. That's really helpful too. So, I think just yeah, you just gotta you gotta spend your ten thousand hours quickly with your instrument before um, before you get too old. So, oh yeah, I'll second a couple of things that Wes said. Definitely, yeah, learning your favorite songs is like a huge way to like you know get into other people's heads musically and you know learn like oh why do I like this baseline? Why is this arrangement appealing to me? And then you learn it from like the inside out. You like get in the song. That's super helpful. And yeah, like you said, playing with friends too, I think an important thing, and you know, for me too, this was part of it, always like pushing yourself a little bit, being like uh, more of like an outsider musician. I was like really, um, I guess like intimidated in a way when I first started playing with people, you know, and playing with people who were like skilled songwriters and skilled instrumentalists already, but it made me improve like, you know, way faster than I would have. So yeah, don't be afraid to like, you know, play with people who are better than you there's always you can always learn stuff and um that's the best way just that immersion kind of thing i think this is true for all things Mm -hmm. um and then the other big thing is like don't you know don't ever be discouraged too because you know you know to us we're still like a small struggling band too and we've been doing this for like 13 years so it's like anything you got to put the time in and you know for every fun, you know, tour we get to do with like one of our favorite bands, which, you know, we're like pinching ourselves every day, you know, there were years of sleeping in the van and, you know, missing your family's birthdays and weddings and stuff and, you know, all that kind of sacrifice that goes into it. But, you know, nothing, you know, like they say, nothing comes easy and you just gotta, you know, don't be discouraged if you're playing for like three people at a show. Don't be discouraged if you're getting booed at an open mic, you know, just keep, keep doing it. And every band, even the Beatles, you know, went through that phase too, living in the van, mm-hmm. playing to apathetic crowds. So yeah, you just gotta keep doing it. Never stop. Never stop. Keep doing it. Guys, Matthew, Wes, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey there, this is host Mike Heideman. Thanks so much for listening to Sound Sessions. You can always subscribe to us on anywhere you get your podcasts. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, WGNRadio.com. I'm very happy that you stuck around to the end of the interview because we were so, so lucky to get an acoustic performance of their new hit single, Bad to Worse. So thanks again to Wes and Matthew, two of the most chill, laid-back guys that I've spoken to in a while. Really, really passionate about their music. And here they are playing the new song, Bad to Worse. This is Ra Ra Riot. The song is called Bad to Worse. So support, ready aloud, ID4, got the crew back together, feels like it's been forever, but after a dream, they're at the bar, what you expect, they know how we are, cause I know it goes bad to us, 
get enough of sound sessions like our facebook page follow us on twitter at sound sesh pod and check us out on instagram at sound sessions wgn